I think there's something wrong with my my fancy microphone, which is a bummer. That's not good. No. Oh well. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Because um, you're a smart man, said so I am a smart man. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, so as I, you know, as a lot of us have in these meetings in January, um, I'm trying to figure out what is the official cutoff to wish somebody a new year. Is it just the first time you talk to January. that person in the new year? Okay, I think so, it's January. Okay, Happy so, New Year. Happy New Year to you, sir. <laughs> well, you know, you don't want it to be like, you know, well, how old is your son? Oh, well, he's 72 months old. Like, really? Like, what's? Right. Why don't you just say he's six? No, no, no. <laughs> Or even where he's 75 months old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I just had my birthday, so I'm officially, this is my, I'm 600 months old, so. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, you're, you're all grown up now. <laughs> officially. Officially. Yeah. As I was talking to another one of my buddies, I'm like, well, I'm optimistic that I'm only one third of the way through my life. Like, <laughs> dream big <laughs> go big or go home <laughs> get some of that get some of that altos magic right? you hear about well, that no what's this now uh, it's a, a jeff bezos backed biotech company that just launched with uh um jennifer dudna who who won oh, yeah. the nobel prize for the crispr and a bunch of other super heavyweight biologists and the the goal is called altos the goal is to eliminate death <laughs> so what could possibly go wrong i mean how I, many how many like science fiction movies start oh like this goodness. all of them said all of all them, of them. <laughs> So an, a scientist with noble, lofty ambitions just doesn't think through the practical applications that's, of what's going right. to happen. That's right. <laughs> no, no. What we're going to, but, but, but that's the problem, right? They're so excited by the science behind it. They never, yeah. you know, I mean, I think Jurassic what's Park. What's the line from Jurassic Park? <laughs> what is the line from Jurassic Park? <laughs> you were so excited that you could do something. You never thought whether you should do something. Yes. Or paraphrasing, but, you know, I mean, I think, I think back to, I mean, we have a, a long history of this, right? I mean, as long as human oh existence, yeah. you know, I'm sure, listen, I am sure the German scientists who were thinking about ways to get unlimited energy from breaking apart fissionable materials. Sure. Thought, oh, this for, will. For end, good reasons. Good reason. This will usher in life, cheap, clean power. And. <sighs> Still waiting. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's never lost on me that uh, the Nobel Prize is named or you know is founded by the guy who invented TNT, right? Yeah, like, right. Like, like the most explosive. I mean, clearly the most explosive thing up until that point. But yes. yeah, it's um, it's it's yeah. Actually, Seb, maybe let's talk about that. You know, we talk about. Sometimes we've talked about education and, you know, how the, at least maybe the U.S. education system is definitely not geared to educate people for the world that they're going into. It's educating them for the world that we're leaving. That's um, true. 
I would offer that maybe in our PhD classes, maybe we need to have a semester of sci-fi gone wrong. Like <laughs> maybe they just don't know. I mean, they're so busy. They're academics. True. They're really not. Maybe they just don't have the time to watch all these science fiction movies and no one understand that you are saying the same thing that Dr. Strangekill did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, just as this, a, as this, this is Soylent Green year, by the way. This is Soylent Green, right? It's human. It's no, it's this year is Soylent Green year. It's it's set in twenty twenty two. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It's literal Soylent it Green. It is literally year. Soylent Green year. Good gracious. <laughs> <sighs> so I mean, things could be worse. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But like a like I was watching a movie the other day and, you know, the, the character was talking about something and, you know, the story is not necessarily germane to this podcast, but the line to it was and he's like, you know, I thought we were going for a higher standard. Like, yes, the bare minimum is just that, but I kind of thought we were going for something better. So, yes, they they could be worse. But is that the <laughs> is that the floor <laughs> that, we're, that, we're, that we're going for now? No, I it's. Know. I would say it's a consolation prize, at least. <laughs> this is true. You know, well, you, you, you gotta know you, you gotta take comfort where you can. It, it is difficult to define the darkness without the light, and the light without the darkness. I that understand. Is, that's this very Kirk, very James Kirkian of you. Yeah. <laughs> or James Roddenberry, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah, something, but yeah, you're you're right. It. it it, it could be worse. Um, although I, I sometimes wonder um, if because Americans, you know, people, uh, U.S. born citizens, not those who have joined us as immigrants from other countries, because we really don't have any good history around what a descent into fascism really looks like. I'm yeah. wondering if people maybe aren't recognizing the clear signs that seem to be on the road because of this exceptionalism that oh well of course right, right, right. Here. of course yeah I, definitely i mean newt gingrich was on the sunday shows today and said if republicans get back into power in congress in the midterms uh the the democratic members of the january 6th committee will be going to jail <laughs> that's called authoritarianism that's we not how democracy works <laughs> We must use the systems to punish our enemies once we once we once we oust them from power. Like that's yes. Oh, and and change the system so that they can never regain power. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, it's 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 the idea of well, you would do it in our position. It's like, well, wait a minute, we yeah, are in your yeah. position and we didn't do it. Yeah. So you know what are we well but that's why they they trot out all that ridiculous victimhood language so they can you know prop up the idea that they are um being victimized right now by the you know the marxist communist democrats <laughs> i tell you what i would i will i would offer this to any of my you know and I think we need to make a distinction sometimes between those people who vote Republican versus elected GOP officials. And I know sometimes the nuances are there, but, you know, I would just offer to, to people like, if the, like looking at the U.S. Senate and the makeup and the ethnicities and the genders of the people who are in the U.S. Senate and in Congress, like if that's oppression, I'll take some. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so let me get this straight. What, I mean, the fact that we could even maybe count the number of, well, I think there's three black senators, Warnock, Booker, Tim Scott, 
right? Yep. So from a from a black white perspective, I, I I don't know the breakdowns of some of the other ethnicities that are declared, but I would I would feel safe in saying that probably seventy five to eighty yeah. percent of the U.S. senators <laughs> um, do not have any sort of you know visible ethnic differentiation amongst them. <laughs> no, no, and, and, I, and I remember that there was a great that was a great picture of um, the uh, the all of the congressional. It was it pages or interns or something? It was the 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 yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, on the GOP side, it was literally all white. There was like two hundred kids standing on the steps of the Capitol. Every single one of them was white. I mean, you know, but it, it's so. I was having a conversation, um, you know, at work. Um, you know, we have some Slack conversations, go back and forth, and you know, someone said. Because um, I'm sure we'll get into it, obviously, the the comments by Mitch McConnell in terms of, you know, Black Americans versus Americans and voting. And, you know, part of that discussion was, well, you know, it, it, it's it's racist, you know, so are we to the, something, the comment was made, are we now to the point where, you know, it's okay to make racist comments against white people? And I just right. calmly offered, I'm like, listen, racism is something that has no ethnic foundation. Um, people can be racist against all sorts of individuals. I said, the problem with racism is when you have an economic and systematic aspect right. where your racist views become the default views and the laws of the land. Like, it's not necessarily racism in and of itself because you can't judge people's hearts. It's when people are able to apply those racist views to the rest of society. That's, yeah. that's our bigger issue. <laughs> yes, yes. And by the way, a quick Wikipedia search Um Raphael Warnock is the tenth black senator ever. Yes, yes, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. And the Senate has been around for how many years? <laughs> a few, a few. I think a right? few. Yeah, uh, that's kind of astonishing. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but it still it just blows me away. Um, not necessarily. I mean, when when we think about it, I think you know before. Uh, Booker and before uh, Kamala Harris, right? It was, I think, Carol Mosley Braun from Illinois. That's right. Um, and the gentleman from Massachusetts, whose name I right. forgot. Um, oh, uh, Cowan. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, and then before that, it was Reconstruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Roland Burris from Illinois was elected in 2009. And uh, some guy named Barack Obama. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. But yeah, the prior one was 1967. Before Carol Mosley Braun, 1967 yes. was the previous black senator. It's crazy. Crazy. Oh, God. Yeah, that's 10 out of a total of something like 2,000 ever. 2,000 senators elected. Yeah, that's, you know, the math. I don't know. But, you know, I think that there are those who would, you know, offer from the right, well, there's a reason why they haven't, you know, been elected and it has nothing to do with, you know, gerrymandering or, you know, the social political machine around how people get elected. Like when it's interesting when people look at a number like that and say, it must be incumbent on the person. Like it must be something about them that is preventing right. them from going forward. Right. Right. Because I'm going forward and people look like me are going forward. So there is at the moment. It, it sounds like from the background, you are going backwards. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, these uh, <laughs> job, these Jabra headsets um, pick up all of the noise. Like they is so that a back, large truck backing up? There is a large truck backing up like That's on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphor. 
<laughs> my COVID-19 weight has increased so much that when I walk back through the house, I now, I now produce a beeping noise. <laughs> my fat ass is now beeping. <laughs> just when, you, when, just... You're, when you're backing out of the fridge after yeah, exactly. <laughs> clearly well, oh goodness um yeah so um you know here we go people welcome to the as yet unnamed podcast in real life <laughs> yes. not scripted <laughs> clearly oh my goodness we, we're so out of practice so we didn't even do our introduction oh who God. are you why are you talking why should the people listen to you Wait, who are you? <laughs> That's really the existential question, right? Who are it we? Is. It who is. Who are we on this podcast? We'll, we will not find answers on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't. You know what I'm hoping for? Maybe is that we actually start doing phony commercials. Like, since we're never ever going to get a real sponsor, <laughs> like we should just start doing like full commercials, like you know, as yet unnamed, sponsored by <laughs> Ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be smarter after listening to this podcast and you'll also take the third race at Aqueduct. It's a win-win situation. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you've so, heard the newest thing, though. Give it to me. What you got? Uh, there, there are some um, anti-vax people who are advocating drinking your own urine as a way <laughs> to avoid getting COVID. You know, it really I, works, guys. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I I didn't I didn't I don't think they were grading us in the kindergarten, um, but I will say that there were some things I knew even in in K that you don't necessarily want to do. <laughs> right. That was on the list for sure. Yeah, drinking pee pee is definitely something that you like. We used to make fun of those kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, and and let alone even. I mean, it's 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 to the point where. I, I, I'm, am I shocked or surprised anymore? Like it, it's, it, it feels to me that now the, the voice of the tribe has said anything. And now I actually think the anti-vax, like the leaders of the anti-vax movement and necessarily, you know, the individuals who are getting radicalized, but I think the leaders truly are just fucking with their people. Like, I wonder, yeah. they, I think they just sit around and say like, we should say drink pee. Like they're just <laughs> pressing it to see how far it will go. Yeah, probably. Probably, no, or they're just completely batshit crazy. <laughs> well, and he, well, are, the, are those two mutually exclusive? No, they are right? not. It's true. And so it's, it is. I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. Like I don't as, either. Yeah, I think I we're mean, gonna have to. There'll be. My hope is we'll get to some point where, let's say, whatever we. Passive the voting rights uh, bills um, that are currently in the Senate mm. um, and uh, stomp all over the Republicans in the midterms and then win the next presidential election. And then we can all just collectively pretend that none of the <laughs> anti-vax stuff happened. They could just sort of back away from all that stuff, you know, the QAnon stuff. And, the, and we'll just, you know, we'll gracefully allow them to, you know, re-enter normal society. Sorry. Well, I think Are, there's got to be some vetting and testing before you're allowed to re-enter. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Are you saying right. crazy shit? You stay over <laughs> there. Stay over there. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, the, you know, something that you, you, you talked about in terms of, you know, how do we go forward from this and and where do we go my i mean you know i've seen a couple of the t-shirts you know the response to let's go brandon is you know let's go darwin um and i'm <laughs> that's I'm, pretty good I'm, I, i'll i'm definitely gonna buy a let's go darwin t-shirt 
Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, and I don't know if you and I have talked about it before, maybe we've talked about it by text or we exchange some articles, but at some point you can't gerrymander not having live bodies to go into the voting booth. Exactly. No, we definitely have talked about this before and it's, I mean, okay. you know, the, the, uh, the current surge it's entirely unvaccinated people who are dying from it because it is milder and it is uh, especially milder if you've had your vaccines in your boost. and, and your booster shots right <laughs> well and that's the thing like you know i hear and you know i don't know that we've talked a lot about necessarily um what i like to call religious buffetism right you know the people who will believe in religion <laughs> but only pick the things out of religion that really apply to them so like you know this chair this caring for the charitable and the poor and the sick and the hungry mm, screw that part it's um, for the, the losers yeah the wrathful part yes <laughs> we should definitely embrace that um yeah, I just, I just, there's definitely a lack of understanding of sort of the core principle of Christianity in that group. Uh, I like, I like the Old Testament better. <laughs> Smoting. It, it is, it is, I forgot the quote, but it was something to the effect of, I don't want to live in a society where I can't question answers, but nobody answers questions. Some, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm killing the quote. I'm sure I'll look up in the background silently and type it. But it was something to that point where, you know, the and I think you and I talked about this idea that dogma exists to never be questioned. Like that's the right. strength of dogma. Like I said right. this, it is true. Um, and if you question it, not only will I will I smoke you publicly, um, <laughs> but I will I I must destroy you. Like I, I need to destroy you because in the words of, you know, some great superheroes, sometimes you have to shoot a hostage. Like if, if you speak up against dogma and I allow you to live, that only is going to generate more questions or the thought is that that only generates more questions. And so, you know, that's why I think there's such a, a push to, to, to do, do what you talked about before. It's not only must I crush all non-believers, but I must also be in a permanent state of martyrdom where I am constantly mm -hmm. beseeched on all sides by enemies visible and invisible, which is why, you know, the evangelicals stay in right. warm, like there's peace for them. Right. Right. It's... Right. Oh, are you still there? Oh yeah, I'm definitely still oh, there. Okay. 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 <laughs> the the sound <laughs> cut off for a second. No, no, no. It's, it's all good. I think what, so also these Jabra headsets, I think what they do is if there's no sound for like two seconds, they go into a quick oh, power save mode. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So it is. So I'm, as I'm looking at my little uh, list of stuff to talk about here, I mean, we've already hit some oh stuff. Um, I, I mean, so I, I'll, I will offer, um, one of the things I thought was very interesting in the, you know, five years it's been since we did our last podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the, was it five years? <laughs> it felt like it. It just felt like an it, eternally it, it long did. period of That's time. That's true. That's true. Um, I will offer that one of the things I thought was very stark, um, and this is probably something that should scare Republicans, um, is Joe Biden's mea culpa. Um, and for those, and for a listener and fan, um, if you're not familiar, basically what this was that Joe Biden gave a long speech where he lamented the fact that the GOP epiphany that he often talked about and often said he hoped would happen, um, that GOP members would come back right. to their senses, didn't happen. Right. And it's right, like, right. well, you know, the black and brown people in your circle could have told you that. But yeah. um, it, it, it's what it struck me is two things. One, it scares me because if Republicans are losing someone who is a creature of the Senate who is 
is giving up on them, in essence, is what it comes down to, then then that could be a lot of centrist people who are giving up on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I was very happy to hear that, actually. Finally, finally, um, yeah. Yeah, finally. Um, it was about damn time. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I guess I go back and forth between thinking that, um, like, that was ill-advised and naive or that that was proper and appropriate and required, right? I mean, I, I'm not sure which one it is, to be honest. I think only his, like, what a, a tough call to make, right? Do you skip right to vengeance's mind mode or, or do you give them a chance? And I, I don't really know. I don't know. I'm, I'm really not sure which was, whether it was right to spend all this time trying to, trying to appeal to their, you know. Angels of their better nature. nature. Yes. Yeah. I, I think he, I think you, Well, I also think that that answer depends on the experience that you've had with the other side. Um, Yeah, for sure. And and I would offer that even when we go back to like, you know, the summer protests with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and, you know, all of these individuals. And even before that, um, you know, many of my white colleagues at work would come up to me um, and articulate that, you know, I didn't know this was happening. And that's kind Mm. of my my issue sometimes with, um, you know, Americans who 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 either don't have a direct experience um, in being minority or, you know, have friends or family members or dated or something else where you can have closer tangential experience. Like the problem with many areas of white America is that it's not real until it happens to them. Right. Despite the protests and despite the words and despite the It's true. Volume. It? <laughs> and it's, it's not just race either. I mean, it's, no. it's things no. like, um, like, uh, you know, uh, I, I, uh, didn't really think that being gay was a, a thing until my kid came out or whatever, right? Like, yeah. it's like, really? Yes. Like, you thought everybody was making it up? That's super <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, and that idea of, oh, I mean, even if we think back to like 2008, right, with the economic crisis, like, oh, I didn't realize that it's really difficult to be poor in the United States. Really? You thought really? all those people, <laughs> you thought all those people were just hamming it up? And, you know, and, and, you know, trying to glorify the awesomeness of of poor, of poverty in the United States, because what? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I would agree. It's so much fun. It really is. You know, I. I, It's a (laughs) hoot. It is. Or even if we want to talk about, you know, I didn't realize that getting sick in America with a, you know, a debilitating or expensive illness, right? I didn't realize that this could happen. And, and, you know, I just wonder sometimes if as Americans, because we live in actually very segregated areas, and I'm talking segregation from a race perspective, I'm talking segregation from, you know, whether it be ideals or whether it be economic, like there's a couple of different things people tend to flock to people who are similar. I'm wondering if that lack, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm wondering if that lack of interconnectivity where you actually get to experience life through someone else's eyes because you have some kind of connection to them. Um, I'm wondering if we lose that, that. And I'm wondering if that's well, actually, I don't wonder if we lose it. I know we've lost it. And now I think the question yeah. is, how do we get that back? Yeah. And well, I, you know, and and did we ever have it, actually? Right. I mean, the, it's kind mm. of it's this thing of like the myth of of the, the American dream and the, the melting pot and the like, you know, 
yeah you could go you can go back to every every point in our in our history and there were people who were not enjoying what we mm. think of as being like you know whatever the the good old days yes yes not, well yeah i think that is true I, although i would offer that you know there seemed to be a point in time um even if i go back to like the warren supreme court where there seemed to be a stronger push to For help sure. For sure. Right. For um, sure. I mean, there, there definitely there were there were let's just say there were norms. That were, I mean, this hmm. is what Biden, Biden was hoping to rekindle. There were norms of of like whatever uh, collaboration. Right. Um, mm-hmm. on, on things you could agree on, like, you know, whatever. Uh, we should try to improve people's lives generally, you know, like yeah, just but, just generally like it might be. A but good I mean, the thing, problem is. Yeah how do you define people? Because the way they define people is not the same as how we define people. <laughs> well, and I think that is a that is a wonderful segue, Seb. So why don't you take us into oh, yes. the wonderful comments that Mitch McConnell made um, yes. around voting. <laughs> yes, he was explaining why he does not support the voting rights bill in the Senate. Uh, and he said, basically, there's no need for it because African-Americans are voting at the, just exactly the same rate as Americans are voting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which made something that we all knew about Mitch McConnell already really apparent. Mitch McConnell, or as Stephen Colbert calls him, an uncooked chicken thigh with googly eyes stuck <laughs> on it. Um, you know, same, saying the quiet part out loud. And here's the part. I mean. And this is this is why I would tell all racists, like, you know, we really can't tell you're a racist until you say or do something like if you just hold that stuff in your heart and just go about your normal day. No one right. knows that you're right. racist. like it's only when you give voice and you have actions that are racist that we, you know, can label that from the outside. And, and that's right. so. Yeah, it's so I would ask. So I so it's here it is a new segment that I'm just made up five seconds ago. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I love a new segment. Mitch McConnell, evil genius or just a crazy mad drunk with power optimization individual. Interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a good question. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to tell, frankly, mm. because. Mm-hmm. For me, because, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's somewhat of a semantic issue. Okay, so he's clearly a procedural genius. No one has been able to control mm-hmm. and manipulate Senate and the American government, U.S. government, as well as him. I mean, he's, he's managed to install, like, three Supreme Court justices yes. at this point. Yes. Like, holy shit. Yes. Like, by... by basically on his whim like he mm-hmm. it's amazing how you know i mean i, I wish he wasn't an asshole <laughs> highly skilled however yes. like what he does with that ability is is ridiculous it's ridiculous i mean what is the end game here right the, the gop has no platform their their presidential candidate is not going to participate in debates in the next presidential election Mm-hmm. The, the RNC has made that clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they don't stand for anything. Their demographic is shrinking. They've encouraged their, their followers not to get vaccinated against a potentially deadly disease. Don't and forget the treason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's their end game. Their end game is to dismantle 
the 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 republic and yeah. and re instantiate it as an authoritarian regime that they can but like okay so okay so then look at history how do those end <laughs> not well not i mean i understand well. he'll be dead by the time you know if, if they manage to install a dictator it'll take whatever decades to, to do that mm -hmm. damage he'll be long gone but yeah. like that's dumb like that's all of that is stupid right all of the motivation all the strategy part of what he's doing is just stupid so i i i would offer that i think of mitch mcconnell less as a strategist like a military genius and or you know a political military genius and more yeah. along the lines of someone who benefits from perfect timing um mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. just his ability to i don't know if it's the procedural rules of the senate as much as is his ability to just have no shame and have no sense of irony yeah. about the words that come out of his mouth, you know, obstinance is not necessarily political strategy, but he has now obtained power in a point in time where obstinance um, is rewarded. And right. so I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that Mitch McConnell, um, you know, could have, I don't know that Mitch McConnell could have operated in 1960 or 1980 or even 1920. Um, but, you know, unfortunately he came up at a time where his brand of stubborn obstinance is, is rewarded based yeah. on, you know, the political polarization. So in my mind, I do not have Mitch McConnell as a genius. I just have him drunk on power um, and, yeah. and supported by the times. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that's exactly right. I, I think that, uh, especially like you said, I mean, he's he's exploiting a a, a perfectly timed uh mm. you know um loss of those uh rules of decorum and you know uh, uh standards of of cooperation and everything that biden was hoping were still there i mean he's been he's been yeah. holding a pillow over the, over the face oh, yeah. of, the, of the the norms and and uh, uh customs of of the historical senate um for a while now it's it it's is, gone. It is so. I, I I will use that to transition into something that I think you know Donald Trump and actually the rest of the GOP has done an exceptionally good job at doing. Um, and of course, the sarcasm is dripping, even though fan can't hear us. <laughs> um, in the United States, what we have is a system of rules and norms that are meant to prevent bad behavior and then punishment that comes afterward. Mm -hmm. However, what happens is punishment is usually sometimes so delayed that the benefits of doing any bad behavior are already realized long right. before the punishment is meted out. Right. 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 And, and I, I compare it to this whole idea of, you know, Wait, in the running United out the clock is what you're talking about. Right. Exactly. Right. It's the idea yeah. that says, you know, what, I, what I, I was, Kimberly and I were talking the other night, and I was like, you know, it's like someone at 2 a.m. who's at a red light. There's no traffic coming from anywhere, but some people will stay at that red light until it turns green, even though there's no traffic around. And then there are some people, you know, who will run right through that red light. Right. Right. Because it's it's. And so I think that whole idea of preventative justice, I mean, the running out the clock, you know, Trump and his taxes. Um, this, yeah. it, you know, um, that whole thing. And just this idea that, um, yeah, well, I can't articulate it any better than that, but yeah, it is running the clock. And I think yeah. that's what, that's what they've done a very good job at is 
You know, it's yes. kind of like what we, you and I have talked about before. I don't know if we've talked about it, but, you know, they'll print the headline on page one, but the retraction is four weeks later on page right, two. Right, 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 right. <laughs> does no good whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. None, none, right? And, you know, and what does that do? It tells other people that, oh, you know, you mean this fence isn't locked? I can just walk right. through it. And the right. only thing preventing me is that no one has walked through that fence before and it's just simply not done? Well, <laughs> Bye-bye to Watch that me. norm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's this, um, there's this concept in, in animal training that says, you know, once you cage an animal or put a collar on it at a, as a young age, even if that animal grows up to be far bigger and stronger than you, you know, you've trained them to the point where they will no right. longer think they are able um, to break out and do something else. And clearly, um, you know, the cage is way off this animal now. Um and I'm wondering if we have a, I don't want to get into like the minority port, minority report where we're trying to pre-punish <laughs> crimes, but I'm wondering how do we do a better job of aligning punishment with action? And that's yeah, why I'm very yeah. interested about this January 6th um, part, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds I like mean, you have right something now, on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Seb, is there something you'd like to tell the (laughs) fan? Well, I mean, um, you know, uh, what did I just see the other day? It's just like we have this, there's this chorus of voices are saying like they're moving too slow, right? And Mm -hmm. yes, that is a risk. I mean, the Mueller uh, report um, ended up doing almost nothing. And I think a lot of that had to do with still following norms they still Mm -hmm. thought like we have to do this the way it's historically been done and that uh presented you know it made made it vulnerable to bill bard uh meddling with it for example Mm. um but uh the you know the closest analogy we have to this is the watergate commission right um and that was i think before they got any convictions i think was three years yes um it was a long moving. It was mm-hmm. a long thing, yes. And and um, I think it was three years from the break in that that Nixon resigned, right? I mean, like, yeah, he was it, into his second term, and and yeah. well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's there's a there's an established sort of pace of the judicial system and and congressional investigations, um, and it doesn't there's no reason to expect this to go faster just because things move faster in the modern world. We need it to, I know, which sucks. Like, I mean, I I get the frustration, but also I am also somewhat uh, suspicious of the the frustration because a lot of it sounds like, you know, give up now, basically. Right. I mean, Mm. who, who benefits if we think that that committee won't come to, uh, to any you know, <laughs> useful conclusion, well, yeah. the people being investigated, exactly. right? I mean, exactly. So, well, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I would concur. I would concur. Well, I think mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a part in I think strategy negotiation that says you know if you want to know if you want to know how how your enemy is attacked and look at what they accuse you of doing, right? And I think especially right. it sees that on the January sixth, like this seems to be exactly. so much of. Oh, this is useless. And this is, they're spending their money. What are they going to come up? Why don't they have a product now? And like any savvy, I think, prosecutor um, will tell you that, you know, it's, it's basically every, what I mean, I think almost every prosecution ends up being like a RICO um, investigation, right? right? You start with right. small fish, 
small yeah. fish flip on bigger fish, bigger That's fish fair. flip. And, and, and what happens is by the time you start getting to the bigger fish, there is such a mountain of evidence That's of right. multiple people that have called it that becomes that now they can't deny, right? It's, well, I never said that. Actually, we have the text that say you did say this. Oh boy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to, um, call you don't want to subpoena or or invite the testimony of any of the the real big fish until you know what the answers mm-hmm. to, uh, to the questions are should be yes and if they're not that then you nail them <laughs> well i mean you know there's a there's a there's a reason why lawyers do not tend to put witnesses on the stand who they think will right. lie and perjure right. themselves right because one right. it it leads to conviction and two if you as a lawyer are supporting perjury, um, that becomes a painful thing for you to deal with. Like, and I think yes. that's what maybe the GOP and the Republicans don't really think about. Like, lawyers are governed by a another set of non-political constraints that restrict what their ability to do. And if, and here's the question: if you find a lawyer who's willing to cross that line, um, they're probably not a good lawyer. <laughs> no. They no. probably not. And, and their name is probably Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> it is. It is. Or Sidney Powell uh, or Giuliani or or whatever mm-hmm. else it may be. So mm-hmm. I so I would offer this. This is, and I think this is, and this is why I'm not sure if if, if the coup was well, actually, no. I I in my mind, the insurrection and the attempted coup um were definitely done by individuals who thought they would win because the paper trail and digital trail that they have left behind yeah. clearly shows that they never thought that they would suffer any consequences right. when this That's stuff right. became public. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll offer for fan and listener um, just the idea that now multiple states have sent to the National Archives alternate slates of electors, That's which right. we which we didn't necessarily know. You know, at the fun time, it was just like, at least what the narrative I remember was, okay, we are going to stop the certification of the vote, the, you know, the elect, the slate of electors that were sent to us. I was not aware that seven states had actually sent alternate electors to the National That's Archives. Right. Yep. They now, did. I, now I know why Trump was so about the National Archives not sharing stuff. It all makes uh-huh. sense now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and, and Giuliani, it seems like, was the person who was coordinating those oh, yeah. efforts. Who navigated that. States. Exactly, right? And so, um, well, actually, I, I'm, I, I like to think that uh, Fan is uh, intelligent and smart. But, um, Seb, why don't you tell Fan and listener <laughs> why what they did was so bad? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's uh, a sworn statement, right? So there's there's legal way. I mean, it's 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 fraud basically mm-hmm. they're saying something happened which did not happen and they're mm-hmm. legally swearing to that being true and it's not true so it's, mm-hmm. they're defrauding i guess the american people i mean like or at least the voters of those states right they're those they're, voters of those states yeah yeah, yeah. they're certifying yeah. by yeah. extension though they're attempting to to overturn the results of the entire election very true so and for some i don't what i don't get because I haven't actually, I, have, I confess, I haven't gotten deep into the timeline here. But like, did they did they send those before January sixth, or were, did they send them yes. after it failed? I my understanding is that they sent them before January sixth. Okay, that makes um, sense. so that At so first, that was actually my a, first reading was like they sent them afterwards. Why? 
my thing is that it's actually a two-pronged attack, right? You need to stop yes. the certification, and then you also need to have alternate documents that justify either one keeping Trump in power until there can be some sort of audit and redone, or you know, saying that we don't need to do an audit because here the real slate of electors was sent by these other people. So we actually have a legal basis, even though it's flimsy, right. um, to hold on to that. And then, you know, so we'll certify this alternate slate. Yeah. In my yeah. Mind. I mean, it's, 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 it's the clearest crime at this point. Right. I mean, that's the clearest thing to like, Oh, that's you, you literally lied on a, in a legal uh, setting and, and swore that it was true. And that, that is, this is a crime. I just uh, remember a couple of weeks ago hearing Pete, I think it was Pete Navarro, um, who was, I think, one of the counselors or advisors to Trump, yes. you know, on CNN. And the dude was like, you know, you're describing a yeah, coup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. What they call it, he called it, they even had like a, a fancy, like a, whatever, a code name, a cool code name for it. Was it like Green Bay Sweep or something like that? So I, it, yeah, probably. Insane. Probably. Um, so I would, I would also offer on a, on a, on a related January 6th note, um, you know, so now the committee wants to hear from, I believe, well, I think they've always wanted to hear from Donald Trump, although they've never asked him to testify, but now they're, I think they're asking for Ivanka Mm -hmm. and, um, Donald Trump Jr. And I think maybe Eric Trump, although maybe Eric Trump already testified, but it's no Eric Trump testified in the Tish James. Um, yes, that's right. Yes. Okay. Played the fence 500 times. (laughs) Something insane. (laughs) <laughs> something insane you know it's like um yeah so i i i offered to somebody the other day i'm like okay so imagine you're donald trump you're a narcissistic bully who has not loved your children and now those children are being called to testify mm-hmm. this is probably and, and by the way you've also taught your children that's all about adherence to yourself and you're number one yes and it's all about yes. saving yourself like that's yes. probably not the type of person who's going <laughs> no. to get up on the stand and take a bullet for you probably not probably at not. all at all um although i, I actually oddly enough because there's so much happening um talk to me about tish james and what she just did not just did what she did maybe about a week ago for uh, for fan and listener who may not know. Right. So, um, well, it actually goes back a few years now when mm-hmm. uh, Mary, Mary Trump uh, initially leaked uh, some documents about Trump's um, tax, especially uh, like um, valuations uh, for tax mm-hmm. purposes mm-hmm. Uh, that were clearly fraudulent. Um, where where essentially was either inflating or deflating um, or well, both, both exactly depending on, well inflating the value of the banks deflating for the value of taxes right right right, right. exactly um, so and she had actually um, she had those documents they, she had boxes of those documents because she had tried to um, uh, I think she claimed that uh, Donald Trump and and his sister uh, took more or, or took an unfair share of the inheritance from the, mm-hmm. the Fred Trump's um, yes. estate. So in discovery, she got these boxes of documents and they were just in storage somewhere, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Tish James is moving on that. So um, it's the whole Trump organization. And it's, it's um, as you said, Eric Trump has already been deposed and it's, it's really, it's very serious stuff and she's not messing around. That's so, the one. If I was Trump, that's the one that would scare me the most because that, it's so. It's about 
money that was owed to the government. Like that's, that's yes. not, not a good place to be stuck. Well, you, you also, I, I mean, I know Trump during the debates with Hillary Clinton, you know, tried to put that spin on it, right? Well, I think it's very smart that I, you know, took advantage of the loopholes and didn't pay taxes. Um, but I think to your point, it is it is very dangerous now because I haven't read all 115 pages. I've read probably about the first 15 to 20 um, that are out there. And it is pretty much a laundry list of, you know, point by point by point. I think it goes back to what you and I were talking about earlier. That's how you build ironclad investigations. Prosecutors are not really strong or not really huge fans of going into court with incomplete stories. So the reason why it takes a little while to build these cases because they are dotting every I, crossing every T, as well as dotting every J, for those of us who remember Roman cursive script. Um, it is It is a... Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're bragging about Roman script. Damn right I am. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that 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 document you know, it, they, what they, you know, at least my friends who are lawyers have told me that what they teach you in law school is you, you, and I think you mentioned it before, you don't go in, you don't ask any question you already don't know the answer to, and you never go into court unprepared. Um, and, and what that document is, is I think a master Ted, Ted talk class on <laughs> over preparing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, but totally. I think also what happens is, at least in these political cases, is because, and anyone who's watched the episode of Law and Order realizes this, you know, DJ Jack McCoy was very, very careful about the cases where one of the New York families was going to be implicated. He realized there was going to be so much scrutiny that he had to take extra special care, like, you know, go back, reinterview the witnesses, do all this other stuff. So that, <laughs> what's, what is that they say, Seb? When you shoot for the king, you best not miss. Best not miss. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, <laughs> Tish's goddamn dead shot on this one. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, and I I think you know I think they're rightly very 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 worried about uh, how that's going to turn out. I would be because I mean if you think about like it's a, it's kind of interesting in this country that when you do when you commit some court of election fraud like the FEC might come at you maybe a year later or two years mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. um, this is immediate. Yeah. Like this is real jail time in a real New York prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I hope so. Anyway, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, so we, we definitely got that. Um, I'd also, I'm trying to think as I, as I think about, you know, just kind of what's here. Um, I'm going to flip topics, Seb. Um, All right. I think we're putting the wrong pressure on the wrong person. I don't think it's about Semena and Joe Manchin, although I've heard the name and now is Manenema, um, which I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> I like it's my it. new favorite thing, right? Um, I like it. I, I, think we're, I think we're not putting pressure on the person that we should, which is Stephen Breyer. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, we're. I know you and I have talked about it, but I think it bears repeating. We're looking at a seven-two here. Yeah, that was. Um, or, or I mean, that is that is roughly akin for those of us who you know watch sports or play sports. That's like going down three-zero in a best-of-seven series. Like, yeah, yeah it's possible you could one off four straight. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> but it's not very likely like or probable. Mathematically possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I see you confused impossible with improbable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's... And I mean, I think it, it also rests on the idea that similar... I mean, maybe it's, you know, I think Breyer and and Joe Biden are from similar strain, right? They're holding out this idea that, you know, the court is not political, really, because all they do is make decisions on laws that were created by politicians. So even if, even if you don't want to be political, the impacts of your decisions have incredibly... (laughs) That's such a, honestly, yeah, it's so childish. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Like the idea that, that the highest court in the land doesn't, isn't a political entity. It's like, Okay, you don't know how anything works. That's great. That's really comforting. Mm, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if the idea, if if we, if there was an independent judicial nominating committee that said, you know, hey, we're going to look at fifty judges and we're going to have some objective criteria that rates them, and then we're going to pick from those seven judges, and then we'll have like a playoffs or something else. Like, if there was even something like that, but. You know, the fact is that SCOTUS justices are nominated by a political party and shepherded mm-hmm. through a political process. So process, like you said, exactly. the idea that somehow they are apolitical, like, who I'm glad we're through that now, you know. Again, it's, it, it feels like, you know, um, the the whatever the, the protest that, oh, it's, you know, it's never been political in the past it's like well n- not to <sighs> you <laughs> you're on the winning side of all of their political leanings yeah what's wrong with this system my people seem to be doing okay with it <laughs> exactly i don't <laughs> see what the problem is works yeah. great indeed indeed so i i you know and i think i'm not hopeful uh, although I do think that there are a lot of reforms that, you know, Joe Biden's, you know, court, I think they're, you know, the committee on, you know, Supreme Court reform is coming up with. Um, but the biggest one I would hope is that um, justices get a 20 year term. Well, and also an age cutoff or, or, or just a fitness test, right? Like, I mean, you, you have to pass an eye test to keep your driver's license. And if you're, and, and very true, right. I mean, like even that, like, you know, lifetime appointments in an era when there weren't antibiotics has a really different meaning than now. Very true. Very true. You you could be alive until, you know, until you're a hundred and some, some, I mean, Betty White was super sharp right up to Mm -hmm. the last day. A lot of people aren't. Yeah. But Betty White also was in a role that required job that required her to be sharp, reading cue cards, delivering comedy, (laughs) improv like, those are the things that will keep you sharp at 99. That's you true. Know? That's <laughs> listening true. to uh, listening to Alberto Gonzalez as the solicitor general, solicitor general, you know, during the Bush administration is probably not the thing that's going to keep you super sharp. Probably not. So I, I would. So Boring this is, is dirt. <laughs> so I, this is something interesting, Sebastian. Um, there's a age limit to being president. There's an age limit. Um, you know, below which you're not able to run for representatives or Senate. I think it's what, 35 for president, 30 for Senate. And I think maybe 25 for rep, if I remember correctly. I I think that's right. Yeah, those, thank you, Mrs. Merrill Thomas, my fifth grade civics teacher. Um, (laughs) So my question is, does does having an age floor mean that you can actually have an age ceiling? Because I would offer that if you knew that you only had 20 years, um, I don't think people would... 
I don't think political parties would wait until a judge was 60 or 65 right. before nominating them. Right. Right. Because, you know, you're only going to have 20 years. And so I think the Bush, not Bush, excuse me, the uh, Trump plan is very smart because I think uh, uh, yeah, Amy right. Coney Barrett is what, 40, 48? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Gorsuch and, and the yeah. other dude. Kevin, yeah they're all, they're all pretty young which sucks oh and and roberts is pretty young yeah He's relatively young you know and i think maybe that's the way to blunt the so maybe you know maybe biden takes approach where hey i'm not saying that you know having a 45 year old supreme court judge is a bad thing i'm not saying everybody gets a window of 20 years therefore you kind of blunt the ability to put somebody at the court of 45 and have them shape the law for 40 years i mean basically it's like um oh, oh my goodness the gentleman who was the head of the fbi hoover right you, you just remove, you know, you just remove the ability to build intractable, intractable fiefdoms, fiefdoms. Mm. What? Oh, no, no. I thought I'd lost you, but then I realized no, no. I was just blabbering and never giving you a chance to talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> that's reflective. Yes. Yeah, I think I think that's maybe one reform that because I, I also like it because if you if you're not going to put more justices on the Supreme Court, um, at least it gives people a clear window of, you know, every, you know, and I forgot how the math works, but I think it's like if you have a 20 year window or an 18 year window, um, you know, somebody is coming up every it's almost like mm -hmm. midterms and Senate, right? Everybody is some somebody is up every two years. Right. Yeah, that's true. It would it would create more turnover more regular which, turnover which i think is which i'm actually really okay with yeah. um you know it's it well i think even going back to that um preventive you know way that people talk about it, i think the the old way the supreme court worked kind of out and worked is in quotes air quotes it worked so long as there were norms that people would obey and listen to, right? But when I look at what SCOTUS has done, especially around the Texas abortion case, which I think is, in my mind, the clearest indication that they're just bashing off the rails. Yeah. Um, you know, normally, if you are asking to put something well, new in place- that, <laughs> Let me interrupt for one second. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the, uh, the, the way they treated the, the Texas uh, abortion law and then uh, Biden's uh, vaccine mm. test mandate saying, no, the government can't force you to take a vaccination or test to see if you have a possibly deadly disease, but it can force you to, to bear a child to term. Like, what? Like, uh, so completely ridiculous. Like, I mean, that's, there's no way to justify that, that that hypocrisy absolutely the, in a way it, well and that's the part the, the the cognitive dissonance right 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 to hold those two and, and maybe that's what the Supreme Court has always been able to do right they they talk about this concept of stare decisis but you know the court seems at least six members of the court seem perfectly okay advocating completely contradictory ideas because those cases are not related or right. in their in their mind, like like if the court looks at each individual case as just in and of itself, then yeah, maybe you can justify this. But I think even back to Bush v. Gore, you know, where the court said that we are only deciding this in this one case and that this should never be used ever again. Right. It's like, oh, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> you know, just keep bringing up individual cases that we can decide individually and are not part of any 
long running current thread of, you know, judicial prudence or you right. know, judicial right. philosophy. All of these are individual cases, right? Yeah, uh, man. I mean, okay. So for something, for any any reform to be enacted, though, we need to be able to move things through the Senate, uh, which brings us back to Mitch McConnell and what did you call uh, Manenema? Manenema. Yes. <laughs> Feel free to use that all the time. So. so have you heard anything about how, I mean, I, I'm confused as to whether there is a way to do this. Right now, right. no. Right now, no. I mean, if Semena and well, if Mananima um, is resolute, and actually, this is this is actually probably the most dangerous thing is that Mitch McConnell actually has fifty-two senators, right? Yeah. And so he gets he gets the he gets the cover of saying, well, it's not just all Republicans, right? right. There are two Democrats who also oppose this, so he gets that that veneer of bipartisanship that he, or not bipartisanship, that by, that veneer of, well, it's not just Republicans. Right. Um, and actually, you know, I, earlier before, I was worried that Manchin might actually defect to the Republican Party, but now I realize that's definitely not in his best interest. He is yeah. far more powerful as a Democratic senator um, who obstructs as opposed to, you know, one of 51. So, um, right now, I think that there's nothing that I think this goes back to something you and I said, probably what year is this 2022? I think we said this back in 2020. Um, the path to Supreme Court reform goes through Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina and holding Georgia. Um, it, it, this, this only but happens with 52 senators. I'm sorry, go ahead. We're going to we're going to lose the House if we go into 2022 without voting voting rights like that. That's what's so terrifying to me. I, I don't see how we hold the house it will if, yeah well luckily I, I would offer that um i would offer that you're correct <laughs> this my, does not make my, me feel better well no but my only thought is you know make don't me need feel it. better darius <laughs> okay here it is you, the house does not vote on judicial appointments no i i know i know but i mean like i i guess i mean both sides of the house i think that we we will lose our our slim majority as well because i mean yeah. okay if, if that's for, the case then yes I, I i voter voter suppression is is across the board right i mean it's like they're you know whatever there's like one polling place in in uh, yeah, whatever harris county, county harris yeah. county yeah i mean insane it, it's it's gonna i mean you know this is the the one complaint that i think is absolutely valid against uh biden's administration and, and the democrats current strategy like just like we're gonna really have to get out the vote doesn't work when, yeah. <laughs> when there's illegal voter suppression going on like, yeah or or you get out to vote and people have to stand in line for eight days or mm -hmm. nine days excuse me eight hours right which is why part of i think uh, I forget which I mean. bill. There was a bill that had actually the declaration of a federal a federal voting holiday, right, where people right. actually get the day off to vote. Or if you're not going to give them the day off, you expand the ability to interact with the franchise. Yeah, and also uh, ex extend or uh, expand early voting. Yes, exactly. Voting, all of those things, right? It's, I mean, yeah, if you're not going to do a, a national holiday, you got to give people the option because there's some people who just can't take off work um, because they're living so you know check to check. Yes, but those are the people we don't, we, the Republican <laughs> Party, don't want to have. So it's very convenient. Yeah. 
We want more voters, just not all voters. <laughs> we want not more of ones. these kind of voters. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think um, I, I but I think it goes back to something you and I were talking about earlier, because because the Democratic Party has been in the wilderness before and come back. There seems to be this idea that they can do this again. I'm like, motherfuckers, you're going into a whole new wilderness. Like yeah. the wilderness you were in before is nothing compared to the no. nuclear winter wilderness that you That's were heading right. into. And clearly one political party 100% understands that. And the other one is, is a little clueless. Well, yeah. Well, it, there was a great... Um, there's a great special um, called the Kings of Comedy, right? Where, you know, mm-hmm. Bernie Mac, um, Cedric Entertainer, you know, Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. um, you know, and one of them talked about um, the idea, the difference between black people and white people. He said, you know, white people hope and black people wish. And <laughs> I thought it was very apropos because like, you know, <laughs> he was imitating the white person. He's like, you know, I hope when we get to the concert that there's nobody in our seats. It's like the black people come up and say, you know, I wish a motherfucker would be in my seats. <laughs> and I think the Democratic Party needs to operate a little bit more wish-like. Like yes. this hoping clearly has not worked. And I'm not here to say that hope needs to be abandoned. Except for gun or- control. Gun control, <laughs> hope, thoughts and prayers. It's worked great. Yes, yes, this is true. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah, but I, I, I and I don't know. I don't know how you, I mean, we've seen it with the climate, right? I don't know how you convince somebody that there's an existential threat if it's not impacting them on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's another scary thing is like, I mean, yeah, exactly what you said. That's that. uh, Oh God. I don't know. (laughs) It's very hard to stay hopeful. Well, I, I would say, I would say this, and that's why I go back to what our comments about Biden, right? That's why I thought Biden's giving up on the Republicans was very, very key because I think he's giving up gives other centrist individuals the ability to like, well, you know, if listen, if Joe Biden, a creature of the Senate for what, 32 years and deal making and bipartisanship, if he is giving up on this, then I think it's okay. And I think it goes to something else you talked about earlier. I think that's the reason why he had to go through the charade. Maybe he thought it was a charade. Maybe he was actually truly hopeful about it of having to go through looking through bipartisanship because he can now, now I would say AOC, if she gets into any sort of power, she doesn't have to necessarily go through that because right. that's not her bipartisanship was not her that's brand. Right. She grew up in a different house and she's reacting to, you know, the world that is to say, I just think it took a little bit of while for Joe to do that. And he, and also he needed oh, to get political right. cover. I think so. I think good. I am right. I think I am right. Well, you, you would. <laughs> you would think that. I mean, otherwise, why are you talking? Well, here's the thing. Of course, I think I have something to say, which is why I'm saying it. Um, yeah, it's it's it is indeed. So I, I I would that's what I would offer the whole break. I think there's and I and I think that there's enough data points like before you could say, well, maybe if we do this, this could happen. But I think now we are seeing the data points of if we if we either do this as we have done before, or if we do nothing, um, this is what it will end up like. And I, and I, and I, and I also like that there are people who are not afraid to say, you know, the F word in terms of fascism, or not afraid yeah. to say the L word in terms of That's their true. lying. That's true. That is, that seems to be slowly improving that, 
their uh you know there's there's a growing um recognition even in in um journalism i think there's yes. you know there's there's starting to use things like lie and and fascism and coup and you know and treason the real terms yes yeah the real well, terms not the 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 uh whatever the, the diluted yeah. it wasn't you know, a violent kinder terms yeah it wasn't a violent anti-government political protest on january 6th that that is the march on birmingham right <laughs> what happened you know on, on the january other hand 6th? though like i am so disgusted um with the people who are still whitewashing this stuff like the new york times um as as much as they are you know there's lots of good reporters there but they ran a piece today a story today called the headline was for many who marched january 6th was only the beginning Mm. Mm. and and the the lead is to many of those who attended the trump rally but who never breached the capitol that date wasn't a dark day for the nation it was a new start what like what (laughs) what like no, I, I, this is one of those times I read that headline and thought I am canceling my subscription. Yeah. Times. Like you, you, I cannot support this. This, it, it, it's, well, I mean, I think that, but that's, that's also a very subtle trick um, that the GOP uses, right? When, when you start calling them on facts, they quite, you know, it comes back to when you're not, you're being unfair to me. Like it's right. unfair. Like, I can't believe you're in the, you know, you're working for the mainstream math where you think one plus one is two. I clearly think one plus one is three. Where can we compromise? It's like, well, right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you understand how math works. (laughs) Two and a half then. I I guess we'll call it. Um, But yeah, the, the, the idea that, you know, Americans aren't ready to understand what a violent attempted coup looks like. So therefore we need to, we need to put on kid gloves and call it something different. Um, like you said, the protest or, you know, a patriotic march or, you know, whatever the other terms are like, this is treason. And I, and I, and I say the other reason to be hopeful is kind of the charges that I see being filed against some of the higher level oath keepers, which are, which have the words insurrection um, in them, because that says to me kind of what we were talking about before, this is how you build up. So the idea that, you know, you give each other some people with criminal trespass, um, but you charging these individuals insurrection means yeah, that s- seditious everyone, conspiracy exactly. And, but I, what I really like about that Seb is that everybody who is above that level cannot be charged with anything less than. That's right. That's exactly right. right. And so, That's exactly I, right. and it's conspiracy. So the question is immediately mm. raised: who, <laughs> who is directing this conspiracy? <laughs> who knew what and when? You know, and That's I right. mean, even even the you know kind of bombshell that you know Kamala Harris was in the DNC. I think yeah. when they discovered that pipe bomb, like, yes, you know, you, you, I think the January, actually, I will say hopeful, Seb, um, because the, the, because the Republicans are still in, I mean, because the Democrats are still in control of the House and the January 6th Select Committee, um, I believe that what they have with their subpoena power and the ability to compel testimony mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. evidence, especially after the National Archives, I believe that it will be January 6th, especially, um, I think, Rankin, Raskin, Rankin. Raskin, um, yeah. Raskin, Raskin, excuse me. Um, I believe that that is going to be part of the solve um, that serves as a salvation. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful again. You're right. Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> Thank you. you have to be. Because here it is, based on, because we've seen them do things that no, like actually holding people in contempt of Congress. I don't know when's the last time a major committee actually held somebody in contempt of Congress and referred 
a you know something over to the DOJ for prosecution. Mm-hmm. Like that is mm-hmm. not an insignificant step. No, um, it's true. It's and true. I, I I do believe that you know J that J six committee, especially because it does have you know Cheney and Kinsinger, right? That mm-hmm. I, there it is. So I think that's the path, and I You're think right, it's. And, and, and once we see what these conspirators have said in their own words, um, I think it's really going to shock the nation. I think similar to now people realizing just how twisted Nixon was like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't what Nixon. It wasn't what Nixon said in public. It was what was on those tapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what yeah, brought it down. True. And I think, and I think we're gonna have it's a true. similar. I just, I want it. I want televised hearings. I want televised hearings. So I know. Bad. I know. It's, <laughs> but but here's the thing. I think that you will get that. I think that you will yeah. get televised hearings. I think that you will. And if the Democrats are smart, they'll say, "Listen, in the interest of not hiding this, like this is important enough for us to, right, you right. know, to show everybody." Um, oh, I really hope what you're saying is true. I, I mean, comes true. I, that would be. That would be great. And I, I can completely see a scenario where that saves our asses in the midterms too. Yeah. Right. If there's, if, if they, if the timing is, is such that that's, you know, all summer long, that's what mm-hmm. we're seeing and talking about and hearing about. Yes. Um, that's a constant have a diet. Profound effects <laughs> on the elections. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll okay. give you another hopeful point. No, I'm yes. going to no, no, I'm going to give you one more hopeful point before you okay. cut me off. Um, Chris, <laughs> I, I have control of your mic. I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't get drunk with that. Don't threaten me. Uh, don't ever, ever. Um, I will give you another reason to be hopeful. I also have the final edit. No, the final. You have all the power. You make you your voice could just be fart noises. In the <laughs> we don't. No, no. Just a beat. Just, just this. Yeah. Just, just a continuous one long tone. beat. <laughs> wow, Darius is really dropping a lot of cursing. I don't know. <laughs> So here, here's my final takeaway point for you to be hopeful. Chris Sununu um, in New Hampshire deciding not to run for the GOP Senate seat there mm. um, is big. And I will tell you why that is big. I missed that. When did that happen? Yeah. So I believe that was four days ago. He said, okay. so Chris Sununu is the Republican governor who is the son of uh, yeah, John, John, Sununu. John Sununu. Yeah, the longtime, you know, New Hampshire power broker, um, Republican GOP party. Um, big time stalwart. Um, so he decided he, as governor, he decided he was not going to run for Senate. And part of what he said was the reason why is that when I talked to the senators, the Republican senators that are currently here, and I asked them, what is it they wanted to do um, to a person? He said, most of them talk about, well, we just want to restrict and hold back Biden's agenda until 2024, until hopefully we can get a Republican president in there. And he said, but you know, and he said it was disheartening to hear that they're that they're publicly, not publicly, but their 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 message to candidates who want to join that they want to join them in the Senate is just come with us so you can do nothing. Um, and he said he was very disheartened because people were willing to say that very directly to him and very mm. straightforward. Like there wasn't any nuance or like, hey, you know, right. we're going to legislatively plan. Well, like I like said, optimize. they have no platform, they have no policies, yeah. and they don't believe in anything other than their own power. That's right. It. And, and so when you look at a, because New Hampshire is, I think, a different type of Republican state, but when you look at the Republicans who come out of that state, um, who tend to be more Northeastern moderate, right? right. You know, right. it, it, well, you've got that like Angus King and I mean, there the is that Northeastern yeah. style of, and of, Leahy. yeah, yeah, of small C conservative. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that was very big in telling that somebody who had a very clear path to that same right. seat. Yeah. And not only did he say, no, I'm not running, but there wasn't, 
he said that publicly. He said, I'm not running, and this is the reason why. That, That's interesting. Um, I think right along when you combine that with, you know, Joe Biden giving cover to conservatives, maybe deconservatives, um, I think Chris Sununu giving voice to, you know, maybe more moderate Republicans right. or less batshit crazy Republicans, um, I think yeah. is, I think you those know, two combined. Reasonable Republicans like yeah. Liz Cheney. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's the world we live in now. What? Holy, holy shit, Seb. If you had told me five years ago that I'd be a Liz Cheney supporter, I would, what is it they say down south? What is happening? I would have gently touched you on your shoulder and said, a prophet, you are not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is, that is our world. Okay. Now I'm ready to cede the mic. Okay. <laughs> now well, that I was I'm just going to suggest we should wrap this up. Leave yes, fans. yes, yes wanting more yes um, yes and um and what is it called what is this episode called um i know we hit so many uh I know. points um i don't know the world we live in um uh, i, I kind of like the the comparison of uh hoping and wishing yes 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 wishes not hopes Something like that. <laughs> yes, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Okay. I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're right. That's catchy. <laughs> <laughs>